let there be light. Good morning, everybody. So Pastor Kevin and Sherry are roughing it, extremely tough down in Nicaragua. He's been sending pictures, and they've been, like, causing me to stumble because of the food they've been eating. So anyway, we'll have prayer for them more, maybe later, just that they can handle it. Uh, Betty, can you hold his calls? Uh, Betty Ann, this is your new job, you got, but you've got to hold his calls. It's your, yeah, you can't pass the buck now. You got hired. <laughs> oh, it doesn't start till tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to be together. We need each other. It's not just you're needy. I mean, that's me. I'm needy. Be nasty to me. But God made us need each other. That's why I can only prophesy in part. You can prophesy in part. We, we need different angles. We need, we need to uh, have each other in our lives. And I'm so grateful for this house of Desert Stream. And we've been walking with Kevin and Sherry and Mark and Rhonda for well, a long time. That doesn't mean, no, just the guys got old. I don't know how the ladies did it. Just the guys got old. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, we got rid of the mullets and away we went. Eh? Okay. I'm bringing, I mean, um, what's, what's his name who got voted the sexiest man? Blake Sheldon. You secular people. How did you know that? Oh, my word. But he's apparently going to bring back the mullet. Yeah. He says, now that I'm the sexiest man on the planet, I'm going to bring back the mullet. I think that's not going to make next year's cut. Anyway, now that we've digressed, it's good to be here. Jody and I had a fantastic time at, um, in Orangeville last weekend at, as we had Asian carnage all over the floor. That's similar to Korean carnage, where we're, and that's another story. But people were getting filled with the Holy Spirit and getting healed and, and delivered and set free. And so that's what we meant by, yeah, that. And we had a great time. God really moved on some lives. I know there's people going back to Taiwan uh, that we minister to that we're, will literally change the nation. Amen. So, but we have a good friend of mine. Uh, can everybody welcome Pastor Jamie Rouch with us this morning? <laughs> Hallelujah. And um, I've known you probably for what, three years now? Two? Is it two and a half? Seems way longer. Hmm? And uh, come on up, Jim. We, he heads up um, <clears throat> a ministry that has a very specific niche to it. Uh, and he's, he's going to get into more of it. But he um, has a church in Vancouver, uh, in Calgary, in Montreal, and, and, we're, and we're looking at opening one up in Toronto this spring. And um, you, you may know him on Facebook and, and, uh, because he's connected well with Jonathan McFall, who went out and became part of their ministry as he was going to school out there. But he ministers to uh, the arts and entertainment and media industry. So, like, actors and actors, actresses and producers and light, lighting people and 
all the different other uh, people in that industry. And it is something that is very, very important. And uh, it's a mountain that I believe that God is taking in this next season. We're, we're stepping into, you know, you have uh, the Harvey Weinsteins and, and all, these, all these, like, like Hollywood is imploding. You know why? Because fame and fortune doesn't fill the void. You're left hungry and thirsty still. And, 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 and this, this mountain is opening up, and, and my, my friend Jamie has stepped in and is uh, ministering in that industry. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. He, he believes in signs, wonders, and miracles, loves the word. Uh, we have a lot, lot in common in our, in our backgrounds of our up, upbringing as far as, like, uh, our faith. But I'm um, excited. This is a surprise. We are looking forward to what God is surprising us with today because he was not supposed to be here as of about four days ago, five days ago. And then all of a sudden things shifted and changed. And, and I think it was, it's a secret weapon and, and treasures that want to be revealed here this morning. So I just want to open up your hearts. I just want you to open up your hearts to receive what God has for you. And, and, just, and I just want to pray over you. Just close your eyes for just a sec. Father God, I'm just asking that you would give us this morning eyes to see, ears to hear, and minds to perceive what the Spirit would have for us this morning. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. So here we go. Jamie, have at her. Thank you. <clears throat> Don't you just love Barry? Yes, no, maybe so. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, can you not feel the love of God in this place? I'm just standing here weeping. And, and Barry, you, you, you started talking about leaving the 99 for the one. And... And then I was reminded of the, of the, the section right after where, where the woman lost one coin out of ten. And then the, and the word says that she swept her house. But if you don't understand, if you look up what the root word means of swept, it means to destroy. The woman absolutely destroyed her house to look for a loony. <laughs> that is how much God loves you. And in that story, the next one is the, the prodigal son. And you got the, it, it, it's the, it's the, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. Those three stories, that's what it represents. The heart of the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, he will destroy anything to find you. But the love of God is so strong in this place. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I got so much that's going on when I'm sitting there, like, and then, of course, Barry's speaking everything that I, the Lord told me yesterday to tell you, <laughs> so we know we're on a good, we're on a good track today. Uh, but before I get into that, can I just talk about the satellite thing going on in the background here? I'm like, what is that? What is that? We call her Leslie? <laughs> what happened to her? No, <laughs> no is, what, is that part of the organ? 
okay, okay. I've never seen that before. I've only been church since 1999, so... Um, But I was like, are we picking up? Is this how we get Wi-Fi? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it was, But it's awesome. That, who was on the organ? Dude, it was awesome, bro. It was, it was awesome. The one on the phone. He's on the call right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So I met Barry, yeah, about two, over two years ago in Ottawa. And uh, we got invited there to, uh, well, by our good friend Mark Redner, and to uh, just minister to Ottawa and ignite the nation uh, with revival. And if you, don't, if you know Mark Redner, he's got a heart for redigging the wells of the roots of Canada based on revival. And, and uh, that's when I first met Barry and, and Tammy. And uh, we didn't talk a whole lot, but that's when we first met. And... and uh, it was an incredible time uh, there, um, and uh, but it, yeah, it seems like a lifetime that I've actually known you, and I, and it's got a big part because one of his spiritual sons is a partner with me in uh, our ministry, Light and Film in Montreal, and so we just brag about Barry all the time when, without him knowing about it. So, um, uh, but it's been it's been an honor and a privilege. Thank you for hosting me on such short notice. Um, yeah, it is good times. And then uh, I've been saying your guys' last name wrong for like a year and a half. So I just want to repent. It looks like it says Rauch, but it's Rau. Rau. Rauch, if you're German. It means smoke, and so where there's smoke, there's fire, so watch out. Um, I've been saying McFowl, <laughs> and not a bad way, <laughs> so I'm sorry, <laughs> but anyway, so yes, um, I don't even know how you found me, oh, it was you, Barry's like, it was me, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Yeah, so she reached to me and told me about her son. He's coming to Vancouver to the Vancouver Film School, and um, and then he showed up. He actually showed up. I get a lot of messages saying stuff like what you said, and and people don't show up. So, but he showed up, and um, it has been absolutely phenomenal watching. You guys know Jonathan. When you see him next, you will not recognize him. I have uh, never been so proud of someone uh, through our ministry who is, I, I call it, this is how I call Jonathan. When I met him, he was a lamb. And this summer, overnight, he turned into a lion. And I, I wanted to call him, actually, and wanted him to prophesy over you guys, but <laughs> because it's intense. How he, like, I'm telling you, you won't recognize the guy. But I'm so proud. And I thank you for 
taking a step of faith and, and, and believing in the Lord that much that, that there is hope for people in the film industry, especially in the producing side. Because as we know, you just mentioned with the Weinsteins, and like it's, it's ugly right now. <clears throat> it's really ugly. There's a sex cult going around in Vancouver and Hollywood um, uh, specifically for the film and entertainment industry. And it's, uh, it's nasty. It's nasty. They're getting branded. And I worked with the girl that's the co-leader of this sex cult that's going through. Jonathan's got people that he knows that are coming to him saying, I've been invited to this thing. It's insane. Like, I asked the Lord, and someone warned me. He said, Jamie, you have a ministry in the, in the film and entertainment industry that's directly connected to Hollywood. And they said, there's a spirit right now that's going through Hollywood that's revealing all the secret sins. In the wrong way. Like it's being done poorly. Right? And he warned me. He said, you need to be careful because that's going to come on your ministry because you're ministering to them. And so I asked the Lord. I said, um, okay, what are you trying to teach us here? And he, and he told me, you know, you know, to live above reproach and to uh, continue to stay away from the appearances of evil um, more so than ever because... Because, yeah, the enemy is looking for anything to destroy lives and to steal and kill them. And, um, but it is absolutely crazy how, you're right, it's imploding. And, uh, but our vision is to implode from the inside out, Hollywood, and starting with Canada. Because if you don't know, there's more money comes through British Columbia in the film industry than all of natural resources combined through the film industry. It's the number one industry in Western Canada. Um, billions of dollars. Uh, and of course it pours into Toronto and it pours into Montreal, even Ottawa now, Winnipeg, Halifax. Um, it's just cheap to shoot here, so they come here. It's a smart producer decision. Um, so, yeah, and that, it's funny because when God called me to the film industry in 2013, we didn't have a film industry. It all moved to Toronto because the government got rid of the tax breaks and stuff of like that. So none of the producers were shooting in Vancouver. So they all came to Toronto. And people were like, you should be doing this in Toronto. You should be doing this in Toronto. And uh, I was like, well, God's called me to do it here. But they're like, well, there isn't an industry here anymore. I'm like, well, God's called me to do it here. And so then we launched in, the, in, the, in, a, in a January, this underground church, uh, specifically for, the, for those people. And then all of a sudden, two months later, Vancouver was busier than Hollywood. See how the Lord works? And by faith, see, human wisdom told me to go to Toronto. But God's wisdom told me to stay put. And I'm glad I did. Now we're coming to Toronto. <laughs> so yeah, light and film. We got several things. We got uh, obviously. I think you understand what we do, um, but we do have these underground churches, and and what makes them underground is that there's uh, it's invite only. Uh, invite only. If you've been invited, you can invite someone else. There's no social media, no pictures, no cameras, no autographs, no networking, no schmoozing. Um, that's a huge one. And what we found is the people in the industry, um, they make a lot of money. If you're at the bottom of the industry, you're making six figures. And uh, if people, unfortunately, traditionally, 
um, a lot of them don't go to church because they, they feel like, they feel like, not the church, but they feel like that we want all their time, talents, and treasures. So then they avoid coming here. Or, I said this the other day, and I've seen this. If uh, Justin Bieber was sitting here worshiping, you would all be doing one of these as well. And you'd look at them. So they're unfortunately by osmosis of distraction. So that's what we do, what we do. So create a culture so that uh, they feel safe and they can actually connect with God. And our, God and, and our job is to, what God has called us to do, is not just like be nice and like fluffy and here's, here's our little Jesus. It's like, no, 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 we're here to like, we're here to eradicate your soul. We're here to uh, take that stuff and make a, a Jesus real, like a real Jesus, a real life Jesus, the Jesus that's real, not the Jesus that we just know of, but a Jesus that's real. And I'm telling you, there was a rumor flying around in spring uh, at our underground in Vancouver in the industry that, that uh, God, you know that God that we might believe in? You can actually feel him in this coffee shop. And we have people coming in, and demons would flee as they come into the room. And they'd start manifesting as they walk into the room because the presence of God was so thick. This is, this is actors and actresses coming in. Like, it's absolutely phenomenal. We, the, the joy of the Lord broke out one time, and I think Jonathan was there. Yeah, he was there. And um, um, the joy of the Lord just broke out, and we just rested in the presence, and then just the laughter just started to flow. Couldn't help it. People from two blocks down the road. We had six people come off the streets coming in, and they said, I was down two blocks, and there was something going on two blocks down the road. Two blocks. It's a far way. You can't see where we are from two blocks away. But something pulled them. They weren't in the industry. But they said there's something over there. And they didn't know what it was. But they felt like it was some sort of joy or happiness. And they had to be there. And they had to go there. So they got there and they stood. And they watched through the window. And then they came in and got saved. We take people in the industry who have turn the industry into an idol and make Jesus their idol. It is so phenomenal to watch. When I see an actor and an actress, and this is a true story, say they look at their script because they have a, the, an audition the next day and they put it down and their dialogue is this and they say, I don't want to even want to read this. I'd rather spend five more minutes in God's presence. That, my friend, is a miracle in the film industry. So anyway, so that's what we do. We, we, have, a, uh, we have these undergrounds. Barry said where they are. Um, the future's big. We plan to be in Winnipeg, and I think, and, and uh, in Halifax, and uh, eventually in New York, obviously Los Angeles, but we're a little sensitive to Los Angeles right now. We're just waiting for the right people for that one. And um, we'll be in Atlanta, Nashville. I mean, it's it's growing at a rapid pace, what we're doing, because it's huge. you got to understand, those seven mountains, if you're familiar with the seven mountains of influence, every single one of those mountains always goes to this mountain. It's the only mountain that everyone goes to. Thus, it's the biggest mountain. 
the biggest influence. So that's why we're here. It's good. Good times. It's been fun. It's been painful. But so good. And unfortunately, the church doesn't really understand what we do. I don't get it. It makes sense to me. Obviously. <laughs> I'm not saying you guys don't get it. You guys get it. You guys, it's the other church down the road that doesn't get it. <laughs> Anyways, God put a word on my heart for you guys. Um, he, put a, he put a word on my heart for you. And it's been phenomenal. As I've been talking to Barry and just even hearing this morning, it's all connecting to what you guys are already going through and, and what, um, what you guys are talking about. Um, but then I had all this stuff going on here that I want to talk about. Man, alive. Okay, I want to say this. <clears throat> There's people here that you feel like you've, you're, you've been forgotten. You're not forgotten. You're not forgotten. If you feel like you've been forgotten or put aside, I want you to change your perspective for a second. It doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what we think. It only matters what he thinks. And he has not forgotten about you. In fact, his mind is going a billion miles a minute thinking about you. I just felt like there's someone here that you feel like you've been forgotten. In fact, I think that there's even as even maybe as a community you thought you thought like, well, what good can come out of Belleville? There's some great coming out of this community. I'm telling you. There's a there's a next level in this community that needs you. There's something here on, on the, I'm getting ahead. I'm speaking my end here. There's something in the near future that's going to happen in this community, and this community needs you. This community needs you. And so the Lord's going to prepare you right now. Today's the, we're, going to, we're just going to start today. He's going to start preparing you and change your thinking on some things that are necessary for the community's sake. I don't know what they are. You guys will figure it out. Because you're a smart bunch and you love the Lord. Oh, I know what I was supposed to say. Okay. Who here likes the Passion Translation? Have you all read that? I'm telling you, it just came out, the New Testament, Psalms, and the, the poetries just came out as one book, finally. Um, you need to get a hold of it, because it's translated in such a way of passion. I'll, I'll tell you that this is the number one thing that we tell our actors and actresses, is that your purpose isn't to be an actor. That's not your purpose. Your purpose here on earth is not to be a celebrity. Your purpose isn't to be a producer. Your, your purpose isn't to be a rock star. That is not your call. That is not your purpose. Your call and your purpose is intimacy with Jesus. That's it. 
If you sat here and you said, why was I created? Why was I created? Relationship with Jesus, number one. Everything should flow from that. Everything should flow from the intimacy from our Lord Jesus Christ. More than anything, he wants to be with you. More than anything, he wants your attention. More than anything, he wants everything and anything of you. Why? Because he's got the best for you. And we've got to start having faith in that and not faith in ourselves or having faith in our faith. We've got to be careful about having faith in our faith. You need to actually have faith just in Jesus. Actually, there's over 6,000 promises in the word of God for you. Listen, some of you are looking for an answer. Here it is in the Passion Translation because it's so good. 14, John 14, verse 21. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commandments. Whoever passionately loves me will passionately love by my Father. And I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. You want to see a breakthrough? You want to see abundance? You want to see freedom? Passionately love Jesus. I just read it. It's just Bible. I'm not making it up. We either believe the whole Bible or we believe none of it at all. I'm dead serious. You know what we've done? We use the Bible against itself because something's not working. That's dangerous. Really dangerous. In fact, God has called us. This is his word. It's his promises. It's not to make us feel dumb. It's not to make us feel bad. It's to so that we can have a passionate relationship with you. We're a bride. Hello. It's for a reason that he's called us a bride. Right? Because it's about passion. Your breakthrough's coming. You're not forgotten. So I'm going to read, um, again, from the Passion Translation. I'm just going to go, like, hardcore into the Passion Translation because it's, well, it's just so good. I'm telling you, you start reading stuff that you know, all that scripture you've memorized your whole life from Sunday school and stuff, and then you read that in the Passion Translation, it'll give you a whole new perspective on Jesus. And for those who believe that, you know, King James is the only version. We love you. Tell that to a, an Asian man in Hong Kong. See how that flies. Fastest growing body in the world. They don't use King James. FYI. No, I'm not picking on King James. If you, I'm, Any of the translations. Any of them. <laughs> yeah. Woo. Okay, so Jesus' glorious transfiguration. The Mount of Transfiguration. I'm gonna I'm gonna read this and I'm gonna tell you a personal story and a personal encounter that I had. No, I didn't see Moses and Elijah, but even better. <clears throat> so starting at verse 16, I have no idea what chapter that is, though. Matthew. 
Matthew something, 17. <laughs> is, it, is it 16, 17? Okay. Let's just go, let's just go with Matthew 17. I wrote it all on my notes, but I didn't put the chapter down. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm not that spiritual that I know exactly the chapter. So anyways, six days later, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John. Okay, James, but in translation, it means Jacob. And hiked up the mountain to be alone. There's so much good stuff in this. Like, we could just stay here for like a year on this and like and learn what the Lord's trying to teach us through this because there's so much stuff. Anyways, then Jesus appeared, appearance was dramatically altered. Okay, I'm gonna stop there for a second. This is new. You can actually go to be alone with Jesus right now, today. We call that approaching the throne room with boldness. You cannot approach Buckingham Palace with boldness. If you do, the Q-tip guy will stop you. That's why they're there. This stuff, I want, I want you to understand, it's in the Bible for a reason, and it's not in the Bible. How many have you read stuff, and it was so out there, right, in the Bible, it's so out there, that you're like, oh, that was just for them, because it was a different time. Not saying that you don't believe in it now, but you just don't ever think or expect it would ever happen today, because it's just so far out there, like walking on water. Has anyone here walked on water before? Has anyone tried? You've tried? Okay, that's awesome. There is some absolutely crazy things that happen. And, and the Bible says that we can do greater things than what, that, what, than what they did, right? So today, we're going to be talking about changing our thinking. Because if we want to go to the next level, you have to change your thinking. John Maxwell has a brilliant book out there. If you don't know who he is, phenomenal guy, leadership teacher, was a pastor for 20 years, and he's got a book, Thinking for Change. If we want to get to the next level, we have to change our thinking. And if you translate the word change your thinking, it says repent. So it's double fold. We need to change our thinking, and we need to be like, God, I'm sorry. And then you move on. That's the greatest thing about repentance. You say, I'm sorry, turn around, change your thinking, and you move on. You start brand new. Done. Don't have to think about it again. It's done. If you keep thinking about it, does that make sense? So we're going to talk about that today. So anyway, so here we go. So when I read this to you, I want you to believe that this stuff can happen today. Because the reason why it's in the Bible is because it can happen today and greater. Okay. So Jesus, then Jesus, so they went up the mountain to be alone. Awesome. And his appearance was dramatically altered. A radiant light, as bright as the sun, poured from his face. And his clothes became illuminescent, dazzling like lightning. He was transfigured. 
before their very eyes. Then suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared, and they spoke with Jesus. Peter blurted out, Lord, it is so wonderful that we're all together. If you want, I can construct three shrines or tents, tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But while Peter was still speaking, (laughs) this is awesome, a radiant cloud composed of light spread over them, enveloping them all. And God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud saying, this is my dearly loved son, the constant focus of my delight. Listen to him. Listen to this. This is how the father thinks of you because you're a co-heir on the throne. When the father sees you, he sees Jesus. So if he feels that way about Jesus, he feels that way about you because you are no longer an orphan. You're a son. You're a daughter. Listen. This is my dearly loved son. The constant focus of my delight. You are his delight. Constantly. This is amazing stuff. The three disciples were dazed. You know what's awesome? Because that actually means that they were like frozen. When you look up the chart, what that means, they were actually frozen. And, and not in body, out of body. It was almost like a trance-like uh, state. And terrified by this phenomenon. And they fell face down on the ground. But then Jesus walked over, touched them, saying, get up, stop being afraid. And then they finally opened their eyes and looked around, and they saw no one else there but Jesus. And then as they hiked down the mountain together, Jesus ordered them, don't tell anyone of this divine appearance that you just witnessed. Wait until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. How many want to have an encounter like that? You want to know if Jesus is real? I challenge you this. Just ask him. Just ask him. And then put so much pressure on heaven that heaven has no choice but to burst. Because he'll do it. I'm telling you, if you actually want to have an encounter with, with Jesus, like a real life encounter, keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. Keep going. And so he's like, okay, already. And then all of a sudden, he might show up in your bedroom. Or you have a dream. And you're having like this tangible encounter with Jesus. Because he's real. This isn't, we're not making stuff up here. This is just Bible, you guys. He's a real Jesus who really wants to like hang out with us all the time. What do you think he's preparing the most amazing things for you in heaven right now? We need to put this all together, what we've been reading and been hearing our entire lives. Okay, so I'm going to tell you this crazy story. So I'm in Seattle. I'm in Seattle. It's all going to make sense. I'm in Seattle. And I'm there with uh, my interns and some of my leaders, and we're training this church. That's one of the things that we do. We have a discipleship program. Uh, we're changing it. We're calling it uh, Cardia's Voice. And, um, but we do this thing called Influence and Love, and we'll come to a church, and we'll train and activate a church for three days on how to live out the book of Acts. So we'll teach you how to heal the sick, teach you um, how to cast out demons, and then we teach you how to baptize people, really baptize people, because we've got baptism wrong for so long. 
and then baptize in the Holy Spirit. And then we teach them actually how to preach the gospel because how many times have we heard preachers, not saying this place, but the other churches, right? <laughs> tell us to go love our neighbors and tell them the gospel and stuff like that, but you actually don't know how to do it. So we teach you. So we'll do that, and then we'll hit the streets several times. So we'll baptize people in rivers, lakes, fountains, bathtubs. Um, and Because and, how many know that when baptism... Um, in the book of Acts, it was all done on the same day of salvation. One time it says later that night. You didn't have to wait for six months to have your ducks in a row or go through, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, it was a serious thing. When Philip was, uh, uh, when Philip was teaching um, the, the eunuch, supernaturally, come on, this is crazy, supernaturally he speeds up to his chariot. Who wants to run fast like that? That's cool. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then, so then he teaches him, uh, interprets Isaiah, and then, and then teaches him about Jesus. What's the eunuch's response to the teaching of Jesus? What's his response? It wasn't, save me. How do I get saved? No, it was, hey, look, there's water right there. I have no excuse. It was baptism. Because he, they knew, they understood, they understood back then that it was a burial. That your old life was done and your new life comes up when you die with Christ and rise with Christ. What did Peter say in the, in the, the first gospel message? Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there I am I'm in Seattle. I'm teaching this church how to do that. And then go and do it. And uh, we saw crazy miracles and stuff on the streets and the malls of, of uh, Linwood and Everett. And um, then we have a service that night. And in that service, the most incredible thing happened. I'm sitting in the front row. We're worshiping. And all of a sudden, I could smell Roses. Just fill, fill the church. And I mean roses. I'm not talking like maybe someone's wearing some perfume. It was so thick. Like it was coming, it was going into your pores. It was, it was like someone took a, like a huge bouquet of 24 roses and shoved it in my face. You could actually sit there and go, and you could smell the stem. You could smell the inmost depths part of, the, of a rose, and it was for like an hour, this rose, and people were just falling down because it was like this supernatural fragrance from heaven. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. I was there. Can I explain it? Kind of, but it's supernatural. You, it's not part of this world, right? Heaven pierced through the atmosphere on the earth in the sense of roses. And then I'm like, well, God, what does that mean? Song of Songs 2, verse 1 in the Passion Translation. I am truly his rose, the very theme of his song. I am overshadowed by his love growing in the valley. The Hebrew text says uh, the Rose of Sharon, 
And the word Sharon can be translated to his song. She now sees herself as one. He sings over. The root word for rose in Hebrew can mean overshadowed. So there's Jesus, our song, as we're singing, and he overshadows us. us. He overshadows us with the manifestation of rose, the rose of Sharon, which is Jesus. That's what it represents in that. Absolutely phenomenal. So then the service ends, and it's like, wow, that was really good. And uh, obviously, we don't smell it anymore. We don't smell it anymore. And then, but we get into the hotel, and then yeah, I, I, I've got um, two of my interns and another leader with me. And uh, I stick the, uh, the key in the door of the hotel room, and I open the handle, and I open up the door, and this gust of wind plows through our hotel room, roses. Now Jesus is in my hotel room. And it is even stronger than it was in the church. So it was one thing that it was in the church service. I'm like, okay, cool. I've heard about cool manifestations of, you know, the Holy Spirit in the church and stuff like that. But it was in my hotel room. And we sat there for two hours. It was so crazy. The smell was so crazy. Some people can smell vanilla sometimes. The God will break out in vanilla or, or frankincense and cinnamon. These are some sto- testimonies that people have smelt. I mean, you guys, it, for those who think I'm crazy, I'm not crazy. I'm just telling you what my nose smelt. I'm not crazy. I'm crazy in love and passion about Jesus. And I'll change my thinking so that I can experience him in the fullness every day, every day, every day, every day. And I'm going to get to that point for those this is a powerful story you guys it's not because of the roses so there we are in a hotel room and I'm having that Peter moment you know we all say I'd never do that because you know Peter had a living of putting his foot in his mouth seriously I'm having a Peter moment oh my god what does this mean what does this mean I'm like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, what does this mean, right? And so my other intern runs into her hotel, her hotel room, and she runs in, and she's like, Texas, and she's like, yeah, my room smells like Javex. <laughs> <laughs> so we tested it, too, right? Because we're like, is it just like a, is there like an air freshener in here? Like, it's just insane, because it didn't smell like that when we were in the hotel room the night before. So anyway, so there I am. I'm having this Peter moment. I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? Heaven, heaven's pierced through. Heaven's in this room, you guys. You guys, you guys, I'm being like the great leader. Hey, what do we do? I don't know what to do. And then, and then um, I'm like, do we need to run down the halls? I'm like, Jesus is in my room. I didn't, you know, it's starting knocking on doors. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. And, uh, and, uh, and then Jesus pretty much said, shut up. And we just, we just laid there and, uh, and enjoyed and enjoyed the sun. Yeah. Enjoyed the sun, and it was amazing because here's the cool thing. My roots is in theater. I was an actor. 
we had a figure skater in there and another theater person. And what do you get at the end of every performance? Roses. So now all of a sudden, Jesus made it personal. He's like, those roses that I gave you, it's because I'm proud of you. And it took me back because I tried to make something out of that. Like, Peter, let's build a tent. We've got to do something. When Jesus is like, just shut up and then look and enjoy this. Enjoy me. That's why when I started crying when we were singing that song, I am yours and you are mine. Oh, my gosh. So the next day, this is where it gets crazy, you guys. The next day, because now I'm still kind of having my Peter moment. I'm like, okay, I'll shut up. But I want to read in your word, because now I'm, you know, because it was really, it was supernatural. It was crazy. It was unheard of. I've never experienced that before um, to that extent. And so I wanted to look into the word. I'm like, okay, God, so heaven was at hand, actually. You could actually touch it, right? Your senses, one of your senses could actually identify Jesus. And uh, that wasn't just like a goosebump like we're used to when we worship sometimes, right? And so I wanted to say it. So I looked it up. I looked it up. Heaven is at hand. Because heaven was at hand. And every time it says that heaven is at hand, let me get ahead of myself here because this is good. Every time it says that heaven is at hand, it says repent. Right before. Matthew 3, verse 2. Here's an example. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So I was like, I read that, and I was like, okay. Really? Repent? Is it that simple, Jesus? Like, am I, like, repent? I, like, is that how I get that presence back? I just got to repent? You know, like, is it, is it that, because I'm just reading for the word for what it's saying. Repent. So then I kept looking at some more, and then it says, says something like this. It says in Mark 1.15, it says, And the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So he says repent before the kingdom of God is at hand, and he says repent after the kingdom of God is at hand. And so I said, what does that mean? God, that doesn't make sense because it's just too simple. That just seems too simple to me. Repent, and then you show up. And he says, what does repent mean? And then I almost fell out of my chair. Change your thinking. One of the root words of repent means change your thinking. So he said to me, change your thinking, and the heaven will be at hand. And he said to me, if you've never experienced signs, wonders, and miracles, and, or experienced the more of God, you need to change your thinking. If you want to experience the heaven, if you want to experience heaven right now, you need to change your thinking so that you can experience it. And then he says to me, once you've experienced it, change your thinking. Because he said it before and after. Do you see what I'm saying? you see where I'm going with that? Change your thinking. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or some translations say the kingdom of heaven is near. 
change your thinking. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then once you've experienced heaven, change your thinking again. And change it again. For those who have never experienced anything, change your thinking. And watch, and watch. In the next three months, you'll encounter a Jesus like never before. Why? Because you expect and you've changed your thinking. I, I, I dare you. It'll be the best thing you ever do. You'll go somewhere and you'll never want to come back because that's how good he is. We have a good, good father who delights. His constant delight is in us. Does that make sense, church? So then this is what he told me about all that. Because he says, if you don't change your thinking, this is crazy. How did, <laughs> if you don't change your thinking, that's how denominations start. Or you change your thinking once, you experience a revelation or an encounter with the Lord, and then you camp on it. What did Peter try to do? Set up a tent. Peter tried to camp on the mount of transfiguration. What was, and you know what Jesus said to me? He goes, what was my response? You want to know how I, Jesus said this to me. You know how I feel about uh, camping? I shut it down. I'm dead serious, church. Listen, I, he did it. He said, tell no one about this. He shut it down and they all disappeared. Moses and Elijah were gone once he decided to camp. It is dangerous to be okay where you're at. It is absolutely dangerous for you and your family to be just okay with what's going on right now in your life. I'm not making it up. It's right here in the Bible. So I asked God, why was I supposed to share this testimony? And I just feel like God is wanting this body right here, Desert Stream, to get ready for the next level for the kingdom of God. There's people in this community that are waiting for you to change your thinking. I'm serious. I am so serious, you guys. It's not about the numbers of coming into this building, anything like that. But what it is, is, is the love of Christ coming through each and every one of you. There's a new level of love that he's going to show you. You have to change your thinking. You have to do it first. It's always been that way. Whenever there's been a sign, wonder, or miracle, the human did something first so that Jesus could respond. If I pray for the sick person, I pray first, and then the person gets healed. Moses raised the staff. The sea parted. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. Love me passionately, 
And my Father will love you passionately as, as I will love you passionately. And then I will manifest my life in your life. The community needs you. You want to know how they feel? This is how they feel. Check it out. Romans 8, 19 and verse 21. The Passion Translation. I just read this the other day, first time in Passion. Because I'm, I'm, I, I always preach the you know, traditional way. Word. <laughs> Not this new translation. Listen to this. So the entire, this is how, okay, listen, this is what I'm reading. I'm reading to you what, how, what God's telling you right now. God is telling you, every single person here in this room right now, how everyone outside these walls feels. Actually feels. If there's anything, if there's a mandate on my life, could I get some heaven in the sea, in, in the key of C right now? Keyboards? That'd be awesome. I want to, does that make sense? Listen, I'm going to tell you what the word of God is going to tell you right now on how the world feels. There's a mandate on my life, and that is to teach the church on how the world feels. So that we can demystify, so that we can demystify the fear on why you're not reaching people. There's very, very specific, very, very specific commands that Jesus has given us. One of them is to love our neighbor, right? As ourselves. It says in Matthew 6 that he who relaxes in my teachings and commandments and teaches others to do the same thing, you're actually considered least in my kingdom. That's just Bible. Need a little bit of the fear of the Lord back in our lives. It says, and this is how the world feels, according to the Bible. Romans 8, 19 and verse 21. The Passion Translation says, The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. The world is waiting to see God through you. It just said that. It says in Ecclesiastes that there's a eternity is in the heart of all men. There's a little flame going on in every heart. And they're waiting for you to flame and the fan it, to turn it into a flame. I'm telling you, they want this church. And in verse 21, it says, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. That's just Bible. That's how the world feels. That is how the world feels. There's no way around it. That's how they feel. That's why I can walk to any person out there and start any conversation with them with full confidence. Why? Because I know how they feel. And then when they respond in negativity and they respond with groaning, it's because they're just doing that. They're groaning. The Bible says that all creation is groaning with eager longing. That's the other translation. It means they're lusting after. They're revealing. The translation means they're actually lusting after the revealing of the sons of God to come out of us. Do you believe that? I hope you believe it. It's the Bible. He's, he's not making stuff up to make us feel better. 
Does that make sense? Listen, I was in Ottawa with Barry. Barry wasn't with me with this. I was in the mall in Ottawa, and I'm walking along the mall, and there's this woman with a tray, and she's got these, uh, she's got these uh, bars. It's a GNC. You guys you know GNC, the supplement store? And uh, she's got these bars, and I'm walking by, and she's like, hey, you want to try a sample? And I'm all like, not really in my mind. But then I'm like, she's talking to me. I'm telling you, the hardest part about telling someone about Jesus is starting the conversation. But if someone's already talking to me, the hard part's over. Sure, I'll try one. And of course I take it, and I'm eating it, and it tastes like cardboard. It tastes like grass, hay. Like, it was nasty, right? It was just like, I'm like, and she's looking at me, you know? What do you think? And, and, and so I'm thinking to myself, and I'm like, well, I didn't know what to say. Because it was, I got really Canadian real fast. And I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to buy this now. Right? Like, this is so good. How much? Right? <laughs> We've all done that, right? You got a sample, and you're like, yeah, it's good. But you feel awkward walking away just having a free snack. So, um, so and I'm like, well, my wife would like these. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. And... Um, and so anyways, so, but then I, then I remembered. I'm like, oh, what am I, stupid Jamie. And then, so I asked the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Holy Spirit, show me something about her. Show me something. And I just saw, in my mind's eye, I saw a pair of shoulders. I just saw these shoulders that were kind of like highlighted. And um, so I said, hey, this might seem weird. But do you have any like pain in your shoulders? Or is there something wrong with your shoulders? And she's doing, she's doing one of these. She's like, no, no, they're fine. Why? Uh-oh. <laughs> Why? Well, I, uh, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of wisdom when I'm about to tell you right now. Why? Well, I practice hearing God's voice. And I just thought, I asked him about you, and I thought I, there might have been something wrong with your shoulders. Oh, my gosh. This is what's going through her mind. You hear God's voice? She didn't say that, but I'll show you why I know she was thinking that. She goes, well, well how about her? And points to this other employee that's about five feet over, just sitting there, standing there, waiting for customers to come in. And she's like, what about her? She's like, how are your shoulders? Now she's working for me. <laughs> and, um, and she's like, oh, they're killing me absolute, they're in so much pain right now. And I was like, oh, because I thought I got the word of knowledge wrong. I just had to move over a little bit. So the word of knowledge was right. It was just for the wrong person in the same room. So I walk up and I'm like, hey, can, can I pray for your shoulders? And she's like, sure. Nine times out of ten, they say yes. Seriously, you guys, nine times out of ten, they'll say yes. Unless you're in Montreal. That's the only time I've ever gotten the middle finger. Okay. Um, she says, yes. I'm like, okay. So, shoulder, I command all pain to go right now in Jesus' name. Okay, can you just test that out for a bit? So, she's like, she's like, oh my, you know, some other color words. She's like, the pain is gone. She goes, but this one still hurts. So, okay, I'll pray for that one. And then she's healed. Okay. So, anyway, so she gets healed. 
on the spot. And she's just like, unbelievable. And then a customer walks in. So I don't have time to like go for the jugular and lead her to Jesus. And that's okay. Because the Bible says you can plant seeds or your water seeds and the Lord brings the increase. Guess what just happened? A seed just got planted so deep the devil can't get it. Because now she just encountered the living God of the universe. So she's, she's like, oh, i got to help this customer. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Jesus did that. He loves you so much. She's like, yeah, thank you, thank you, and goes away. So then I turn back to the girl that had the samples, and I'm walking up to her because I want to continue a conversation. And, and she's doing one of these. She's like, she's like, she's like, do me now. Do me. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? And she's like, maybe I have bad posture. I, have, I think I have bad posture. Can you pray for my posture? So I'm telling you, church, listen, she's looking for something wrong to experience God. 100%. There's no other reason why she was doing that because there was nothing wrong with her. She was healthy as a horse. So I'm like, I humored her, and I was awkward too because I was like, how does this work? No one's ever said that to me before. So I'm like, okay, and I just put my hand on the back, and I put my hand on the back of your neck, and she said, yep, yeah. you know, because she was slouching. <laughs> I put my hand on the back of her, and, and you know, I said, okay, Father, I just command the posture to be good. <laughs> but what happened was, we never feel anything most of the time. Sometimes we do. I didn't feel nothing. But what happened is the Holy Spirit just went woof, all over her, and she got what she wanted. She wanted to feel a living God, and the Holy Spirit just fell all over her. And she's like, what are you doing to me? I'm like, I ain't doing nothing. I'm not doing anything. I'm like, that's just the Holy Spirit, and he loves you so much. And then I felt the Holy Spirit say, ask her if she has any, oh yeah, first she says, I've seen this stuff on TV before. And then I heard the Holy Spirit say, ask her for another miracle. I'm like, so do you have any other miracles that you need in your life? And she says, and she says, uh, yeah, um, you know, because the world, they only have a couple of things that they run to because they don't have much. That's why they need us. They have relationships and music most of the time. That's what it comes down to. And she starts talking about a relationship that's gone sour and stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, that's not really a miracle, like, in the context of what she was saying. And so I'm like, Holy Spirit, what is the miracle? And then I saw in my mind's eye, I saw this red car, and I saw $2,000 kind of written right underneath it so I took the f- a step of faith that's all we do we see it take a step I'm telling you this church whenever you're obedient through faith God will always manifest the kingdom but unless you take that risk you're never going to see the manifestations so I said actually can I I, I I feel like the Lord's saying that there's something to do with like a red car and something like $2,000. Does that mean anything to you? And she goes, how do you know that? Now, Barry doesn't know this, but at that time, I was just starting to flow in the prophetic and stuff like that. And so for me, even me, I was like, whoa. <laughs> how did I know that? <laughs> but it was, it was um, so she how do you know that? And I'm like, well, what's going on? She goes, well, I've been driving illegally in Ontario for three months because I need to convert my, I, without insurance, because she needed $2,000 to convert, her, convert certain things on her car to make it legal to drive in Ontario. She needed $2,000. That was the miracle she needed. Uh, no, I didn't give her $2,000. I didn't have $2,000, but 
So, but she, she's like, oh, my gosh. So then she says this. She says, like I said, I've seen this on TV before. Now I know it's real. You want to know how the world feels? That's how the world feels. If there's anything I could do today, it is to demystify the fear about the world. They want you guys so bad. They want God so loved the world. The world. The world. Not the church, the world. This place isn't for us. It's for them. Are we willing to leave 99? To find the one? I told this story last night. I'm at a restaurant. The waitress comes. By the way, if you go out for lunch today, love your waiter and waitress. Don't complain about your food and don't, don't do that. And you know what? And tip the bill. And say, Jesus loves you. I've seen waitresses run out into the parking lot, chasing us down. Balling their eyes out. You tipped too much. You made a mistake. And we're like, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. You need to start giving to the world. Give, give, give to the world. I'm telling you, church. I, like, it was funny. This waitress, she was like, she's, you know, we're talking to her. We're, we're all prophesying over her. Right? And meanwhile, the, the debit machine's going around. There's like 14 of us. And we all, we're all kind of wired to tip the bill. But we all just kind of figure whatever the total bill is. But meanwhile, everyone tipped the bill. By accident. <laughs> it wasn't by accident, obviously. So that's why she came running out. She's like, this doesn't make any sense. Because you know what? It doesn't make sense. The gospel doesn't make sense. You watch people's lives change drastically. You ask a waiter or waitress, they will tell you that Sunday afternoons is the worst day of their lives. I'm just telling you the truth of how they feel, you guys. I'm not condemning anyone. I'm not pointing anyone out. But just remember this. God so loved the world that he gave. So here I am at this restaurant. Um, I, I asked the waitress what her name is. She tells me her name because they never know what their name means. Every name has a meaning. So I'll find out their name, and then I look it up on Google. Amazing. <laughs> or if their name's Amanda, my wife's name's Amanda, so I know what her name means, so that one's easy. <laughs> so I'll look up their name, and sometimes I'm blown away. I'm like, when I start speaking life from their name, because they've been called that their whole life. Whatever that means, they've been called that their whole life. And they don't know, and they're not aware. My name means truthful. Could you imagine someone said to me, do you know what your name means? And I'm like, no. And they're like, well, it means truthful. And then you start speaking how, how God feels about me, about how truthful I am, and how, uh, how and the, the person just starts saying what God's saying, right, then and there in spot. So I'm doing that to this woman, this waitress. My good friend, he does it next. And she's sitting there getting blown away. She's getting rocked. And then she looks over at my friend in the middle of us, and she says, your turn. 
You want to know how the world feels? It's your turn. What is God saying to you about me? I want to hear God. It's your turn. It's your turn. One thing I notice about this church is that your altar is huge. Someone said to me, if you don't have faith in your altar, you don't have faith in your people. This shows me that you have faith in your people. Holy Spirit. Why doesn't everyone stand right now? There's a new level coming to this church, and it's on you. It's up to you. You choose this mission. There's a new breed of glory coming into this house, and it's up to you. Where's your expectations at? Are you just coming here for two hours a week just to exist? I'm telling you, there's more. God's going to take you from existing to belonging. Jesus. It's time to change our thinking. If you want to change your thinking and you want the more, you want to go from A to B, If that's you, I want you to fill this altar up. No judgment if you don't. going to do anything weird. This is between you and Jesus. This is between you and Jesus. In fact, once you're here, I want you to raise your hands. And by faith, here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands by faith. And I want you to touch heaven. Heaven is at hand. I want heaven to touch your hand right now in the name of Jesus. By faith, reach up. You're going to feel a breeze on your hands. You might even feel your hands being touched. I'm telling you. The supernatural is here. The love of God is here. Everything relies and falls on the love of God. Right from the get-go, the love is here. Raise your hands by faith. Touch heaven right now.
Jesus. More, Lord. More. More. Come. Heaven come right now. Heaven come. Heaven come. Change our thinking. Heaven come right now. Heaven come. More. Right now. Change our thinking right now. Change our thinking. Jesus. 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 If you're in this room and you don't even know who Jesus is and you haven't given your life to him, I'm not saying that because that's a do and don't. I'm just saying, trust me, you want to give your life to him because he's got the best life for you. Because he loves you so much. Best interests in his are his. I want you to talk to one of your pastors here. Talk to someone. Jesus is here. Jesus is real. Heaven come right now. Heaven come. Pierce right now. More, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would reveal to every single person right here the spirit of truth, that you would come, that you would reveal the things in the areas of our life that we need to change our thinking. Father, the areas of our life where we need to repent so that we can go to the next level. Next level. The people in this community deserve this. people in this community deserve this. They deserve you. For those who think that they're not worthy, you are worthy. Those who think they don't have their ducks in a row, don't worry about it. Neither do I. Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, come. Father, we thank you for increase. Father, we thank you for a grace to repent. We thank you for a grace to change the way we think. Father God, we even this morning as Jamie was speaking, I'm asking that our house, this church, would understand our value and how valuable we are to the world. How worthwhile we are and how much we have. I'm asking for a change, Lord God, in the way that we think of ourselves. Father, I'm asking for grace to repent, 
to come over our bodies, to come over our minds, to come over our lives. Father, I'm asking that we would get a glimpse of glory, that we would see, Lord God, our potential, but see you afresh. I'm asking this week, Lord God, that we would pull aside, we would turn aside, that we would, we would have that, that moment, that burning, that burning bush moment, that we would have that moment where we see something new. We would see our worthiness in you. I thank you that you've left the 99 and you came for us. And I thank you, Lord God, that we will leave the 99 and go for them. Father, we're asking. Father, I'm asking this. In our house, a grace to repent, to change the way we think. Let us know. In Jesus' name. If you need further ministry, just stay. The Baptists have almost left Swiss Chalet, so you'll get a free spot soon. But if you need ministry, just stay. And somebody will come and pray with you. But I bless you. We, th we thank God for his face shining upon you this day. That you're never going to be the same again. Because you're going to get a glimpse of heaven. And you're going to get a, a little piece of how much he adores you. And this is going to launch you into being an answer to them. So I bless you this day. Father God, thank you. We bless you. Can you just lift your hands towards Jamie right now? Just, Father, we thank you for Jamie. We thank you for the message he brought our house. We ask him to be refilled, filled, overflowing, blessed beyond all. We pray for Mandy and his four children. We thank you for the ministries, Lord God, in Vancouver and Calgary and Montreal, Lord God. We thank you for increase thank you for, for vision thank you for supply thank you for abundance thank you for wealth transfer we bless them right now in Jesus name and I bless you guys have a great week and we'll see you uh, next week and maybe some of you during the week too have a great day